here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den podcast. What's going on, everybody out there in Badger Nation? Today is another special edition episode because I, I'm digging this new uh, guest uh, initiative that we started at Ad Badger a few uh, few months ago, essentially, uh, where we bring in outside experts outside of the, of the Badger world, outside of Team Badger, experts in product listing optimization, experts in running an Amazon business, experts in all things that will only complement your efforts in Amazon PPC. This is no exception, and I'm very excited today because we have um, a a man on the show today from Buy Box Experts. We have Eric. Some people call him Eric the Red, uh, but we have Eric Stopper from Buy Box Experts. Buy Box Experts unbelievably have optimized over 170,000 listings, worked with thousands of brands over the last seven years. Uh, he hosts a show called the Buy Box Experts Podcast with James Thompson providing Amazon commentary and consulting. Eric, it is I'm super stoked to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm absolutely excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. Um, we have a topic today that I am very excited to talk about. But before we do, did you say one time you were going to move to Austin? Uh, yeah. So I'm originally from San Antonio, moved up to Utah to go to school, uh, found a wife, found a family. And she loves it down there, and we're, we're trying to get down there as, as soon as possible. We'll probably end up somewhere in New Braunfels, though. Yes. You know what? It, to, to, to tempt you a little bit more, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday on Sunday, you know what I had for breakfast? Brisket. Oh. I had brisket at uh, a farmer's market where they had just great, b delicious brisket. So, yes. Comes my soul. Yes, that could, that could be, the, you know, you know what it's like. You're from could Saint be my Tony. future. That could be I'm your ready. future. Uh, <laughs> you know, the topic today that uh, we're going to get into uh, is going to be so great for all the listeners on the show. You know, so many of the topics that we talk about on this show sometimes require you almost to like have a Google Doc open, taking notes or like be inside your campaign, like optimizing as we're go going through, uh, which in a lot of ways is really good. Um, but sometimes, you know, if you're driving in your car or washing the dishes or mowing the lawn, that's when I like to listen to podcasts. Uh, when you're doing all of these things, sometimes you just want, you know, commentary, uh, new thought provoking ideas that maybe you weren't exposed to previously. So today we're going to drop some foundational knowledge and really connect a lot of things that you've probably read about product listings 
together. So I love when things can do this. I love when we connect all the dots uh, that are floating out there when it comes to product listing. Um, because I think that makes all your existing efforts and your future efforts for product listings so much more efficiently. So that's what we've got on the docket today. Three questions to a perfect product page. Uh, this is a really great topic. And, and Eric, you actually came up with this uh, like interesting perspective on product page optimization. And you know, for everyone out there, um, you know, on a day-to-day, I'm sure you see a lot of common things across all the listings that you and your team look at. And these questions sort of like connect the dots that we're going to get into, don't they? Yeah, I think, I think certainly. And if you did, did you get a chance to attend RE Mars, RE Mars? I did not. Every year Amazon puts on this uh, machine learning uh, conference Mm -hmm. and to their credit, and this should be scary to everybody, um, Amazon hot is, has hired all of the professors, mm-hmm. all of the professors worth anything in machine learning. And so they came together and they made this, this conference where everyone just comes and shares machine learning information. And so in their discussion of the algorithm, they've, they've really just leveled the playing field and, and put it all out there in terms of how the algorithm works and what you need to do to be successful on Amazon. And I think, um, what we've done here at BuyBox Experts is we've just created a really excellent process for plugging into what Amazon has already created. Right. And when you, when you have both sides, right, the advertising piece and the listing optimization piece, you've, you've got the two levers. Or if you've ever like farmed, right, if you've ever driven a combine, you've got two big giant handles that you have to hold on to. And when you, when you move one, the other one moves back and it's this really tough thing. And so being able to have your hand on both of those levers is what's going to, you know, yield the, the biggest harvest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, understanding what Amazon is doing underneath the hood and understanding what their priorities are only makes life so much easier for every single company on Amazon. And what I think is really great is today we're going to be you know, there's so many tips. Like if you were to Google tips for product listings, you you could be hit with, you know, all of these posts with like seven tips for a perfect product page or, you know, punch it into a checklist, whatever it might be. And I think sometimes what could be missed when you're only looking at tips is like, like tips that are sort of disparate and spread out is you can kind of miss some of these fundamentals. Um, which I get so excited anytime we get to do anything that like lays the fabric down, like this like dark matter that's actually connecting all the matter in the universe. That's what these three questions really touch on today. So I'm super stoked about it. So I think let's just jump into it, right? Let's do so, it. Um, and especially for those who are like managing Amazon brand, I think that these are particularly important to go through with whoever at your business is doing creative work. Mm-hmm. Um, and whoever, I mean, some people do like brand avatars and stuff like that. And th- these ideas are, are not, are not mine. This is Amazon has, has come to us with this. So whenever you approach a listing, the team at Amazon, what they did is they combined all of the customer third-party data that anybody has ever gathered, all the internal data at Amazon, everything that they could find, they gathered it together and they, you know, took it through this complicated machine learning process. And the reason I mentioned Ari Mars is because at the conference, Jeff Wilkie, who just retired, um, he said the Amazon algorithm evolved from a simple 
um, you know, like ranking method based off of uh, collaborative filtering to now a collaborative filtering heuristic model. So collaborative filtering, like if, if you, if you search on Netflix, you wonder why the, you know, why the stuff that's being showed, shown to you is, is being, you know, populated. And it's because people who are similar to you, who have watched similar things, they're just putting those at the top of the list. And then whether or not you click on them and, or I, I guess like tap on them and watch them and however long you watch them. And if you watch a whole season, right, all these things, uh, are inputs for this, this collaborative filtering model. And Amazon does very much the same thing. So they show the products to a bunch of people and you can target them. And uh, you know, if you do a good job on those, then they'll show up higher for other people. And so it's very, very simple ranking metrics for Amazon. Did someone like me look at it? Did they purchase it? If so, show it to more people that are like me. So the heuristic piece though, is the, is the part that we're really interested in here because a heuristic is a mental shortcut. And everybody that's listening to this needs to realize, right, that they're pretty sucky at making decisions typically. Um, you don't know the cost of most things, right? If I ask you how much does trick cereal cost, for instance, you don't know. You have no idea and they just trick you into thinking that it's a good deal. Um, Amazon does very much the same thing. So they, they built this machine learning algorithm into all this data and they found out that there's three questions that customers ask and, uh, those are, what is this thing? What is this? Is it right for me? And how do I get it? And we're talking seconds, right? You're asking yourself these questions. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, you ask these questions fast. You look, you know, you get on, you search for something. You ask the first question, what's this thing? If you don't understand it, it's gone, right? And it evades your awareness completely. Then the next step, right, you typically click and then you're looking, oh, is it right for me? Uh, I'm gone, right? I'm, I'm on another listing. So anybody that's looking to optimize an Amazon listing needs to understand what is, what is the answer to that first question mm -hmm. in, your, in your customer's mind? And have you built that into the image and have you built that in, into the title? And it just extends from there, right? You keep, you, if you can optimize your listing to answer these three questions like a dozen times and you win, people buy your product. It's just a treasure hunt. And let's unpack question by question. I think these are so, you know, you, last week when we were talking, you brought these three questions up and I was like, duh, like, of course, these are so pivotal. And like we were optimizing uh, our homepage, uh, we were optimizing our product page. And I was repeating those same three questions in my head. I was just like, uh, these are like the three most easy questions to think about anytime we're trying to do conversion optimization, because like, don't make the customer think, like don't make them have to read all of your entire thing in order to figure it out. Like no one's many people are not going to be reading every single word of every single product description all the time. It's like, you want to make it as easy as possible. So, you know, I want to break down these three questions. What is this? Is it right for me? And how do I get it? And in a lot of ways, you know, would you almost say that these are like emotional decisions? Like people are making this like subconsciously, um, like, I have, I've heard before, you know, people first make a decision emotionally and they use facts to back it up. So yeah. like they see something they yeah, want they to buy, it. they like feel the urge to buy it. And then they're like, okay, well, you know, it's got the right 
you know, size. So that's why it's perfect. When in actuality, like they had already decided that they were going to buy it before that. And now they're just like confirming their own decisions. Um, so I've, I've heard that component of sales before. I think you, you, for certain product categories, you, you want to make sure that you don't, um, you don't get somebody too emotionally high on a purchase either um, mm. until they've gone through those questions a couple of times, because if they identify the thing and they get caught up in emotion in the, the question of, uh, is it right for me? And they buy the wrong size. Ouch. You lost, you lost money on that transaction. So being able to limit those things, right. Is this, uh, uh your ability to, I don't know, balance the dopamine inside of your customer's right. brain as they're shopping. Um, I, I think it's, it's certainly super emotional. Um, now what's happened is for the 80 or for the 20% of Amazon customers that are purchasing 80% of the products, uh, you have this game. And if you're, if you're listening to this and this describes you keep buying products, but it's, you know, you'll see a box on your front doorstep and you're like, Oh, like, what did I order? You know, it's it, like, you just had forgotten about it and then it shows up magically. So it's this reinforcing thing that will keep Amazon successful, at least for the short term. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you approach your product listings, um, I think there's, you know, we got to give credence to the fact that there are tools out there that can tell you if your listings are complete, there's some standards out there to say, yeah, you get seven pictures or nine pictures mm -hmm. and you get a video and you have so many characters in your title and so many characters in your bullet points. And of course you need more reviews and they've got to be better and all those things, of course, but it starts with a search, right? When someone searches for a keyword that you, sh that you rank for, um, does your title fit the keyword, right? What is this thing? Cause they started the search and they're, and they're already asking this question. And if, and if your title doesn't include a lot of those keywords, then they're probably going to pass you by. Um, and once you get a click, they've, they've essentially completed that first question and it happened in an instant. Then they're on to, is it right for me? And they're going to look at uh, reviews. They're going to look at bullet points. They're going to scroll through your pictures and just playing with your listing right? Just kind of moving around and getting on your phone and looking at it and asking yourselves these questions. You'll know what your, what your, your eyes go to first mm -hmm. start there, right? That, just trust your gut and realize like, what's the first question that I'm going to ask myself to determine if, if this is right for me and then optimize there. So in, in some ways, you know, if we were to break down these three questions in terms of common mistakes that people make that almost like they could be unintentionally laying their own roadblocks down. So, you know, asking the, what is this? I could easily imagine, you know, I looked at a listing earlier today where the photo of the product was kind of zoomed out mm. like a little too far. Like it didn't take enough, it didn't take up enough room. It was kind of zoomed out and they had like a lot of like extra text and like graphics on the, like, I think they had an emoji, like several emojis on the side and it was sort of zoomed out. I couldn't immediately tell. Uh, so this was a customer who sent me this, this product. And I was like, what? Like it, it took me a second to figure out what it was. Like it wasn't automatic. And a lot of their competitors had a clearer picture of the product. So, you know, what would you say are the common ways that people, you know, inadvertently, because that wasn't an intentional move, you know, she, she probably did it to make it more eye-catching, to make it stand out. But to me, it was a little hard to actually determine what it even was. So, you know, what do you commonly see as like a, 
you know, sometimes we're our own worst enemies. You know, is it like an image misstep or is it a title? You know, if they're putting the wrong words, they're making it too wordy to read. Where do people go wrong with answering that sort of subconscious instant question? What is this? First of all, like, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. um, we, the biggest, the biggest thing that I see in uh, people over describing a product is, is not necessarily that there's too much information, but that they put too much information in one spot. So you'll see an infographic that's got like seven points on it. And to assume that your customer is going to read all of those, I, I think is, uh, is, is pretty daring. Um, whereas you look at some people in the consumer package world and they really, they, uh, they, they broke the, they cracked the code on this. When you're buying like a tub of some peanut butter or something, you look at the ones that are doing it really well and it's like one feature benefit per image just really, really simple. And I, I think um, the other thing that a lot of people miss is that they don't include use case quickly enough. If I'm a customer and I see myself using the thing in the thing that I'm trying to use the thing for, I've answered the question, mm -hmm. especially if you nail the gender. Right. If you know that mostly men are buying your product and you put a man spreading your peanut butter on toast or putting it in a protein shake, then you save yourself a whole bunch of heartache of, you know, trying to take sexy little, you know, product photos that have little leaves on it. And it's on like a marble, you know, like it's kind of unrelated. Yeah. If, if those are meaningless things, like if those don't have meaning to the person look at looking at it, it's almost a deterrent from their focus. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, if all I want to do is put this like high protein peanut butter in a protein shake, then I might not necessarily need like a picture of a leaf or whatever on it. Um, even though it might look nice or might be like stand out potentially. So I think that's really interesting because the example that you just gave kind of taps into two questions. It, it sort of describes what is it? It's like peanut butter. Is it mm -hmm. right for me? Like, are you trying to put peanut butter in your, in your protein shake? Um, that sort of answers two at once. And would you say that like a lot of these are often like handled like simultaneously? I know you mentioned like a factor of matter of seconds. I mean, you look at some of the reviews and they have like, now they're putting like, this was uh, Vine and, and this is a early reviewer review. And um, it's got like, so like some reviews, it says, this is the best X that I've ever used for this. And they realize in all one sentence, they got it on prime. Uh, it was what they wanted and it worked for what they needed. Right. So one of the, like, there are certainly things in your listing that answer all three at once. And the more of those that you can get, the better um, you, you want to make sure that the next thing that they look at, right. You just want to get them to the buy button as, as quickly mm -hmm. as possible. Ideally, if you have the, if you have them answer all three of those questions in one go and they're just ready to, to buy you win marketing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you, exactly. you won the whole prize. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's really just understanding if you were the customer, um, what stuff can you throw out of your listing that is answering any of those questions? Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best place to start is if you have some like random white background photo that doesn't really need to be there, take it out mm -hmm. and put a picture of yourself using it on, you know, whatever it's supposed to be used for. What do you normally find? Cause I can imagine a, a path that, you know, Amazon marketers and Amazon entrepreneurs make where they go 
And they're like, the list of things that they need to do is gigantic. So they're short on time. They need a shortcut. They get a, you know, product listing optimization checklist and they get all these things. Mm. And it's very possible that they're listing things that are actually making it harder to answer these questions. Like maybe they're crossing over uh, a keyword stuff, or maybe they're making their title almost like hard to read because they're making it too verbose and it's like too much information in one spot. Would you say that, you know, of the listings that you see that need a lot of help, is that a sort of a, a cause of that? Like people are just trying to follow a checklist without, because it's kind of hmm. like, it's kind of both maybe they need. They need the fundamentals. What is this? Is it right for me? How do I get it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, um, there's, there's a couple of different scenarios, right? Either you have too much work on your hands, you have too many SKUs for you to be handling, and you don't really have a system uh, through which to handle those. I think you certainly just take it bestseller at a time. Right. Start with the one with the highest sessions and, and lowest conversion and work from there. Um, and because then it gets very easy, right? You're looking at one listing. You have one task. Uh, get the session percentage higher. And that allows you to, to scrutinize just what's on that listing. And, and you don't get this like uh, decision paralysis where you're like, right. oh, my gosh, I have like I have a thousand listings I have to optimize and I have to find all the assets for my company. Like just focus on one. And then. Once you're, once you're looking at the ASIN, um, I think that, you know, tools, tools like Helium 10 and Jungle Scout, they've got the listing optimizers. I mean, uh, I think Zonguru has one as well, which is really fun. Go check out that tool. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a treasure hunt inside of the tool. Um, I think those checklists are fine. I think that you got to make sure that if the checklist says, make sure you have a lifestyle image, just make sure that the lifestyle image answers one of those three questions. Right. Right. It doesn't get included unless it makes the very simple cut for for the criteria. Right. Is it answering what is this or is it right for me or how do I get it? Then great. Add it. Right. Check and check. You hit two things at once. You got your listing optimization checklist done and you you check the heuristic box to yes. help your customers make decisions faster. That's um, powerful. Yeah, the other thing that I would say, too, is make sure you're running some business reports and tracking this. Right. If, if you're going to optimize the listing. Uh, throw it into a spreadsheet and just say, hey, this was the unit session percentage at this amount of sessions as of this date. And then like three weeks later, measure, measure the change. And mm -hmm. if there was no change, um, then you need, to, you need to look at doing something um, else on the, on the checklist, maybe answering a different question, right? Maybe you, uh, customers weren't quite getting what is this, right? You didn't, you, you didn't even cross that threshold into is it right for me? Mm -hmm. An interesting thought that I had uh, when thinking of these questions is, has Amazon, in part of Amazon's crazy success, have they answered the how do I get it for every product? Like being prime, just lets people, like every consumer on Amazon knows the way to get it is to do that. Like has, has Amazon done that? That's a great, that's a super great question. I wonder the same thing. Um, how do I get it means a lot more than just like, how does it arrive on my doorstep? Mm -hmm. um, how do I get it involves the customer experience and the setup as well. Um, one thing that I've noticed people doing is they'll create a variation that has like a plus free setup ebook. Okay. And what they've, what they've essentially done in that moment is they've said, okay, you're going to order this. And as an added bonus, you're going to get this cool little thing that we've included in the box that tells you exactly how to use it. Hmm. 
And on the surface, us analyzing that really carefully, we go, what the heck? That's, that's BS. So like, of course you're going to include like an instruction guide with your product, but to the customer, they're seeing, Oh, like, how do I get this into my life? Not just on my doorstep. How does it plug into what I'm doing? You know, uh, and we got to talk category by category, but if you have something that requires you to plug it in or to connect it or to have some sort of compatibility, you've got to make sure that that is answered in your listing and that the customer knows in advance that that thing exists, right? Because if they get it and then all of a sudden there's all this extra crap they got to do and they got to Google something, their, their level of dissonance is going to go up. They're going to be less satisfied with the purchase and they're going to be more likely to leave a negative review, even if they got the thing to work. That's fascinating. So it's like, don't make me think, like, tell me if it's right for me, like, show me, show me it. And then like, actually help me get the thing. So I think in that example of like the pro, the protein peanut butter powder, could an example of that be something like, tell me when to take it. Do I take it 20 minutes before I work out or do I take it within 30 minutes for like maximum benefit? And in a way, like subconsciously that helps the person looking at it like they don't have to agonize over like, how do I incorporate it into my life? Well, it's one thing that I've noticed recently on a lot of really, really good listings is they show the product on the shelf in the kitchen where it's supposed to be. Nice. So it's like perishable right? like refrigerator. People, people put stuff all over the place, right? Like they, and they, and they forget that like, oh, everyone is stressed out about their spice cabinet. Everybody. For the dawn of time, they, yes. you know, they don't know exactly where the thing that they're going to buy is supposed to go. So putting that picture in there helps them feel like, oh, sweet, this goes next to my bread, right? Mm -hmm. or, or it goes in my fridge or my freezer, exactly like you said. Knowing that it's refrigerated is huge, 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 huge. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is, you know, for someone like me that spends, you know, 99% of my time looking at PPC campaigns only, um, and being aware of all of the, you know, the checklists, they have a lifestyle photo, like have your bullet points, like so on and so forth. What these three questions are, are like a lens to take all of those checklists for a perfect product page and then just like turn it up to A+. Because like, just like you said, like you can have a lifestyle photo, generic lifestyle photo, but like if it doesn't answer the question of like, is it right for the person? Or like, how are they actually going to get the thing out of it? Um, you know, what's it going to be like if it's a piece of exercise equipment? Like, how do I actually set it up in my house? You know, is it easy to hang from the door or whatever it might be? Like having those lenses to evaluate all the components of our listing. I, I think this is like, this kicks it up from just like going through the motions to actually like turning your page into a 24 seven salesperson. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is, that's really cool. Why do you feel like this isn't more? Cause I, I don't think these questions are, and you know, feel free to let me know your perspective too, but I don't think these three questions are commonly considered when people are building their landing pages. Do you, do you think so? Like, and if, why, if not, why not? Like the typical scenario that I've noticed is that you have like a, a marketing manager that's running an Amazon account for a company that's maybe in the growth stage. Mm -hmm. And if I were to, if I were to ask their CEO to sell me on the product, the CEO would be like, Whoa, like this, 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 this shiny thing. Like they would know all the answers. And I think what is missing is 
like you said, having a full-time salesman on your listing at all times, like every single one of your listings is a, is a, is its own business. Mm -hmm. And so taking the time and making sure that you distill that information from the people who are, who have the most access to it and then building into the listings is, uh, I think it's the best use of time for, for anybody that's running a, an Amazon listing. And um, we talk about this stuff all the time, right? Like I'm, I'm consulting my, my whole job basically is just talking with people about what they're doing with their Amazon and what their strategy looks like. And then setting them up with a team that I can actually execute like changes to that strategy. And I, I think what a lot of people miss is the fact that um, this is supposed to be, a, you know, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but it's supposed to be like a treasure hunt on both sides. You're trying to get the sale and there are fun little like games that you can make out of this to say like, Oh, like what happens if I make this change, right? Does my, does my conversion rate actually go up? I think just an awareness of all of those metrics and things to track um, to make it so that you really know the true impact of whatever you end up mm -hmm. doing on your listing is one of the most critical elements that people miss is they just don't have like a litmus test to know whether or not what they're doing is actually making a difference. So we've got these three questions, you know, what is this? Is it right for me? How do I get it? And I think putting those, evaluating all of the components of a listing through the lens of those three questions, I think should absolutely improve people's conversion rates. And in terms of action steps, you know, do you commonly find um, people that generally do blank when they're considering these things, you know, the best people on your team, um, how do they incorporate this on a day-to-day? -day? So like, how does someone achieve what you just described of like making changes, evaluating, like, like, is there, you know, I know these questions are thought questions, but do you have any advice for people that love like to systemize it? So like, how, how do we like actually implement this into our companies on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis? If you, if you were to make like a, a doc, yeah. you know, this afternoon that just said like this ASIN or this SKU or this product, whatever it is. And you just wrote the three questions down and you just make a, mm -hmm. okay, this is what it is. And you just made a list of all the things that it is. Um, this is who it's for and you just really simply line that out. And then this is how you get it exploring some of these concepts that we've, that we've talked about today. Um, I think it allows you to build a framework that allows you to optimize. Now for a company like us, um, this is a great question because it's, it's one that we're always working on. How do we take a brand and have an account manager that's making some strategic decisions who then puts this in the lap of the creative department who then has to decide, you know, okay, you know, what do we emphasize? Um, a, a big part of what we do is questionnaires. So when somebody comes in, we just take them through this, this questionnaire that allows us to understand what the key features and benefits are for a product. And then those get spit out into a system that then goes to the graphic designer and the graphic designer is tasked with doing their own market research that they have a workflow uh, tied to a hey, look at this, then look at this grab five competitors, what's their second picture, mm -hmm. right? And then, and then make an adjustment to your listing accordingly. And so I think that with 
you know, it depends on the size of your company, the scale that you're at, how much money you have to spend, um, how good you think your team is at the subjective planning aspect of this. And then just trying to build a system that allows the person who has the most information about how to sell the product, building a system that allows them to provide that information to the person who's actually going to be designing the end asset that mm -hmm. gets uploaded into the listing. And that can be done with all kinds of, you know, yeah. just spreadsheets and, and questionnaires. Yeah. It almost sounds like whoever, cause sometimes I speak to brand managers and brand marketers that almost outsource the product listing work in a checklist templatized way without having that conversation of like, what is it? Who is it for? How do I get it? And it almost seems like if they're just doing that and they're not having that sort of creative conversation too, or like the awareness of those three questions, they could potentially go far off the mark. Um, and I mean, we see under-optimized listings all the time. Um, mm -hmm. And you know that lens of, of these questions is definitely something that as I talk to people about their listings will be something that I'm referring to back to this episode. Um, Cause I, I, I can see so many people that like templatize. I can sometimes fall victim to it myself of just like, okay, this is the way that I do it. Bang, 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 bang it out. I think, I think good inputs, good outputs, mm -hmm. right? Like if, um, a lot of a lot of American companies they really they really struggle with uh, outsourcing to international outfits that do design work and stuff like that because they feel like it's you know not going to be done as well because they're not in America and I'll tell you right now like we've got a bunch of uh, uh, people from the Philippines on our team that are absolute ass kickers mm -hmm. right and they could manage the heck out of an account and do a way better job on the creative and the content writing side and the advertising side than a lot right. of americans mm -hmm. um so i think that devising if you've if you've ever gone to fiverr for instance this will ring true for a lot of people if you've ever go to fiverr and you say hey let you send a message hey i've got this job and they're like great like sounds good i'll get to work on it immediately and then two weeks later you're still working on it go look at the original message that you sent there. And if you don't have a list of things that you're, that you're asking them to do, that was your problem, right? You didn't go through and you didn't define all of the things that you want in the graphic or in the lifestyle image. You didn't describe the model properly. You didn't describe the angle properly. It's all about inputs. And so, you know, designers, if they have a really clear, you know, drum to follow, right? Just beat the drum for your designers. And it'll be so much easier for you to optimize stuff because then you know, these are the things that I want. And so when you, when you outline those really clearly and then you don't get them, you can then say, Hey, actually like let's course adjust and let's get back to what I said here. And over time, if you have somebody internally, it'll go way better. If you work with somebody externally, it will go way better. Mm -hmm. And so just overall, um, if you are in charge of, queuing optimization for your listings. The thing that you should probably focus on is um, answering those three questions for yourself and not putting that on the, on the designer. Right. You know, you answer the questions, you send that to them and then they execute and you upload and then you track. Right. So this decision-making process of, of how to apply these three questions needs to be done before 
we start delegate. So like, as you are delegating this, you are already including all of those good inputs. You've already had mm -hmm. the internal strategy session that your product needs in order to go from just a list of things to really that 24 seven salesperson. Um, Eric, this is awesome. Uh, I know that without a doubt, um, in my own analysis, when people ask me for analysis, analysis is of analysis, analysis is of their, yes, of their own product page. I know that I'm going to be able to do a better job because of this conversation. And I hope everyone out there listening can better critique their own listings and their clients listings because of these three questions. I think they're thought provoking. They challenge all of us to really make better, higher converting pages. Uh, and I cannot wait to really start implementing this uh, more than I already have looking at my own actual website. This is this applies to things off Amazon too, on our own individual websites too. So this is awesome, Eric. Any closing thoughts for the good people out there? You know, I would, um, for, for everybody in the digital age, um, I would understand and go do some research on just what a heuristic is and how it fits into your life. Because as you incorporate voice and, and these uh, screen-based text into your life, um, it's, it's going to be really easy for you to default to status quo and like standards. And you're like, why are you living if you just do what a machine is telling you to do all the time? Um, mm -hmm. Be subjective about it, create processes. And if you want to come and talk to us, go to buyboxexperts.com, click on the free listing analysis. You'll be connected with me or one of the other three uh, guys that I work with on my team. We'd love to talk you through these things and we have a bunch of tools that we can plug in your listing and we could just, we could just give you the rundown on, on what you probably need. Um, but yeah, I think the last thing that I'll say mm -hmm. is that the source of the traffic matters a lot. Mm. Um, and we, you know, we can talk about that another day and I've heard you talk about it on the podcast, just like where in the funnel somebody is in terms of, you know, what they're looking to buy and what they're searching for. And just being cognizant of if your advertising dollars are going into something that doesn't actually make sense on the listing, then you have a bigger problem than listing optimization. You got to figure out who you're driving to the listing and then convert for that. Yes. Funnel-based marketing. That's a, yeah. you know, so it's, that's a conversation for another day. It's so funny <laughs> when you like start stacking all of these things, like is the listing technically optimized? Like, does it have all the components? Is it practicing a high degree of salesmanship? Like, does it have these three questions? Is it funnel optimized? Is it traffic source optimized? You get this beautiful, wonderful, elegant labyrinth that we know as Amazon marketing. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. Check them out, Buy Box Experts. Um, it has been an absolute blast. I've learned a ton. I super appreciate it, Eric. Everyone should follow up with you and check out your podcast, Buy Box Experts podcast uh, with your co-host, James. Have a good one. And I will see you, dear listener, next time on the PPC Den podcast. Have a good one.